This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Everything 80s Podcast, episode 24, The Story of the GoBots. Hey guys, what's happening? Welcome back to the Everything 80s Podcast. I'm Jamie and welcome to one of my most favorite topics of the 80s and that is the GoBot. So we're going to look at how they were created, how they kind of missed the boat even though they came out at the exact time, actually a little earlier than the Transformers and how they kind of got lost in the shuffle and they maybe actually set the tone that the Transformers kind of, you know, swooped in and stole or rode their coattails, however you want to call it. So interesting story of a short-lived, but I think pretty well-remembered bit of the 80s. Okay, here we go. So the 80s, it's a golden age for transforming robots, that's for sure. And, you know, but it wasn't always about the Transformers. It's the other line. And the GoBots were put out by Hasbro in 1983. They go back that far. They added a cartoon show and a movie, you know, to compete against the Transformers. Though, you know, they debut first, they just don't last. And I loved, you know, again, we had it pretty good in the 80s, in the early 80s and the mid 80s because of all this like amazing content that's coming out. So I love GoBots. I love Transformers. And I realized the two could exist together in the same universe. A lot of people didn't, however. And the GoBots were always looked down as kind of second-class citizens, if you will. And again, you know, most people don't know, they predate Transformers. They were released before Transformers. Hasbro would have a much more aggressive marketing campaign. That just created all the interest in Transformers. So people started to to divert attention away from the GoBots. So... After a while, the they the GoBots started to seem like cheap knockoffs, but it, it just was really more of a matter of bad timing, and they really are the ones that set the stage for you know transforming alien robots. So, to look back at the early history, we're looking at the GoBots and what's called the Machine Robo. And like Transformers, they the GoBots start out in Japan. They come from a company called Bandai, who ran a division called Poppy. P-O-P-Y. Poppy, um, or Popey, 
was making toy figures that were named Machine Robo. They were a line of transforming robots. They were released in 1982. So they weren't as big size-wise like the Transformers. Actually, Transformers come from the Diaclone robot toy line, if you know your toys. Um, they Hasbro basically just completely took everything that was a Diaclone and just sort of changed the color schemes around a little bit. Um, but everything you you saw in that initial Transformers line release of toys already existed. And, you know, but they are bigger transforming robot. The GoBots were a little, well, actually quite a bit smaller. They're more the size of like a matchbox car. And the Machine Robo is an interesting toy line as they are based on designs that are actually submitted by children. They're just like, what do the kids actually want? Let them decide what we're going to create. So with the Machine Robo, they have a bit of a backstory too. They come their stories are telling how they were from the Romulus system and it was a system that had collapsed on itself. The beings who were able to escape and reach the earth became machine robo, but while the ones that remained trapped were mutated into the devil invaders. And the backstory for that, you know, when they are becoming the GoBots, they would abandon that backstory and instead they use the story of the revenge of Kronos and machine Robo would be, it'd still be a thing despite the GoBots being launched in North America. They still remained. And they came up with this Revenge of Kronos as a way for the original brand to compete with the Transformers cartoon, which was launching in Japan in 1985. So they're both, they're all kind of like coexisting. And the GoBots, if you don't remember, were actually released by toy truck making company Tonka, of all companies, in 1983. There had always been, you know, giant robot toys and, you know, things like Voltron and whatever. But Tonka made the decision to change them from just giant controlled robots to actual sentient beings with personalities. The Machine Robo uh, from Japan hadn't followed this concept. Like they had the backstory, but they didn't go this deep with it. But Tonka had the foresight to see this. They would introduce this concept before Transformers ever did, but they just, they don't get the credit for it. They're just considered all dump trucks and backhoes over there, but there are actually a lot of real um, creative people that were behind the development of all this. They came up with a very clear division between the robots and they split them into the good guardians and the evil renegades. The very, the earliest packaging though would call them friendly or enemy, which was just a little too vague in conveying real identity. So this was another thing they came up with before Hasbro introduced the Autobots and Decepticons. Um, you know, not only are they split into good guys, bad guys, but Tonk would also give each character a name. Again, something that hadn't been done in Japan. And I think they, they had the real... I'd say with all everything that happened in the 80s, it's all about backstory and characters and ultimately to be able to sell these toys. Because if you don't have a name or a character name or an identity, you don't know what you're looking for. And it's a reason in all the, those cartoons in the 80s from G.I. Joe, Transformers, even things like She-Ra and Strawberry Shortcake and My Little Pony and all these shows, you're, you're watching a 22-minute commercial. And... They always make very clear to always address every character in the show by their full name so you know exactly what you're looking for with the subsequent toy release. Same thing with G.I. Joe was bigger on this. Same thing with the vehicles. They would always refer to 
the actual vehicle name instead of just like jumping in the car or getting in the plane. They would refer to whatever um, branded toy uh, would be coming out that was related to that episode. And G.I. Joe put out 250 different vehicles. So every episode you're seeing the direct names, the direct descriptions and names of the toys, of the vehicles, of the play sets, of the accessories. So you knew exactly what you're you're looking for and what you're going to get. Um, and, and so it seemed commonplace now, but Tonka really is the one that kind of set that ball in motion so that every single figure and character had the identity. So when they released the GoBots, they come out in 1983, which is a full year prior to Transformers. And kids like me go nuts for this. I was only six, but absolutely mesmerized. And I, not even getting to the cartoon show yet, which I'll get to in a bit and reveal one of my darkest secrets. The figures were smaller. They're only around two to three inches high. And they were based on pretty basic things like cars and planes and whatever. They had a few kind of World War II aircrafts, which were cool. And they had a few futuristic base vehicles, but they look like, you know, pretty much anything you'd see in a, you know, day-to-day life. They, that was the real original robots in disguise till Transformers would adopt that slogan. The, the idea with the GoBots is they would blend in in any day situations and you wouldn't know what was driving down the street. It was a car or it was a GoBot. So again, they set the standard for all this. So here's an interesting thing. Each GoBot toy also would have a marking on it that started with MR as a connection to their machine robo lineage so for example like leader one would go by mr25 so if you ever have any of those old toys have a look at that here's some of the notable again these aren't as famous as all the you know the transformers like megatron optimus prime starscream soundwave all those so you might not unless you're a huge fan you might not remember here's some of the notable characters from the very first release of gobot so you had bad boy psykill i think people remember him bug bite dozer dumper loco Pathfinder, Road Ranger, Smallfoot, Treads, Zod. Um, again, not necessarily the household names, but Tonka then would also put out the Super Gobots, if you remember those. They were larger figures around five to six inches tall. And again, these aren't original. They're taken from the Machine Robo line. They were the Scale Robo DX line, not the Shawn Michaels Triple H one, but the earlier version. So, I remember longingly looking at a Leader One Super GoBot. He was the like jet fighter and wanting it so bad, but I got screwed over that Christmas. But I did have the normal size version, so I can't complain. It's still one of the coolest things I ever remember having. Um, if you had it, if you remember the nose of the plane would go up or down, and that would reveal Leader One's head. The one thing Tonka did that was original again. They did many things. Here's another specific one. They recognized the big money that was in play sets and accessories. And it's, again, that's the reason Hasbro made, you know, the 250 different G.I. Joe vehicles. As the figures itself don't lend themselves to much without the things they can control and interact with. And they would take um, a hit on, I think it was like a hit on the action figure price, ideally to sell the like the the accessories and vehicles. And so with the GoBots, they would put out the Guardian Command Center or the the Renegade Thruster play sets. Um, 
again, early insights that everyone's now followed. I mean, Star Wars was doing this too, but they're, they're just sort of going along at the same time too, because this is what, 1983. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay. That leads us to the cartoon and the theme song you heard at the start of the show, The Challenge of the GoBots. And again, you probably don't know, this This show predates Transformers. GoBots came out on September 8th, 1984. Transformers debuts on September 17th, 1984. But depending where you lived and what channels you watched, that might have determined which order you saw them in. So The Challenge of the GoBots was put together by Hanna-Barbera, and here's the quick backstory on the whole new like mythos they created for the show. So it goes like this. Thousands of years ago on the planet Gobatron, there was a race of human-like beings called Gobings. A civil war breaks out on the planet where the evil renegades, led by the master renegade, wa- renegade waged war over the peaceful guardians. A giant asteroid then hits Gobatron, and the resulting natural disasters push the Gobings to the verge of extinction. They end up being saved by the last engineer who would take his experiments to replace parts of his body with mechanical ones. He would then transfer the brains of the Gobings into large robots called Gobots. The Gobots were run through a device called the Modifier, where they were able to transform their bodies into vehicles. So the war still continues between the Gobots and the Renegades, and then Earth becomes involved in the conflict in the late 20th century. The battle now... Uh, involves Leader One as head of the GoBots versus Psykill and the Renegades. So that's their Optimus Prime versus Megatron. That's kind of the gist of it. And Hanna-Barbera puts out 65 22-minute episodes and would last for just one season. But that is a crap load of episodes to dump on us all at once. Since there were so many episodes, a lot <laughs> they use a ton of freelance writers to... Um, create these shows including who wrote a bunch of them was kelly ward aka putsy from greece side note so here's that deep dark secret i told you so i'm eight years old and i first see the commercials for the show and obviously freaking out the problem is the show where i lived came on at 3 p.m and i didn't get back from school until around 3 30 the network that broadcasts them here started with a few days of introduction to the whole series um, so they were going to start with, uh, I think it was like three episodes, or t- I can't remember how they did it, before they would go into the normal um, syndication or whatever. So I fake sick, a horrible sickness, to stay home to be able to watch them because we didn't have a VCR then. You couldn't <laughs> DVR anything. You couldn't catch it up later on 
YouTube or stream it. So I put on the acting performance of my life to be sick for three days. Um, I think I was doing everything like late, like holding up a thermometer to a light bulb to get the temperature up to look like I had a fever just to watch the GoBots. So it feels good to get that off my chest. Here's another weird thing about the show of the GoBots. It included some big name voices and oddly features Peter Cullen, who was Optimus Prime, and Frank Welker, who is Megatron, doing voices in it. So it also featured the late, great Phil Hartman. And it's just, it's really weird that the iconic Transformers voices of Cullen and Walker, or Welker, sorry, were in the competing Transforming Robot show that came out at the exact same time. So, yeah, bizarre how that just, I think they are just, you know, recording anything they could, not knowing what would be a hit. Obviously not knowing what a hit Transformers would be. So this leads to a few other lines, and we're going to look at the Rock Lords. Again, this is getting pretty specific. And they were essentially a GoBot spinoff also put out by Tonka. They are actually rock-based toys released after a Rock Lords movie from 1986. I'll get to in a minute. The Rock Lords are transforming rocks that come with weapons such as axes, guns, and swords, but they also had vehicles they could ride in. They had the good guys, which were the boulders, against the bad guys, who are the magmar, and they were not successful. <laughs> I barely remember. Like I loved anything, and I remember this not being even that interesting. It didn't seem like canon it seemed completely separate this is when and then this is when transformers is in its peak form and you could not do a lot to compete against them and again these are not an original idea they're just trying to throw everything they can right now they come from that japanese toy line um popey or poppy however you want to call it it's important it's important to point out that the gobots as a whole is not doing well at this point in 1986 no one knows they're the original transforming robot, that they have the real story, that they're creating everything that Transformers is getting credit for. They're getting the name of a cheap knockoff compared to Transformers. For ki- and for kids on the playground, this was gospel truth, and there was no way to know, you know, one way or another. It just seemed like they, everything Transform or sorry, GoBots is doing was just ripping them off. So that you know, they keep trying, and they put out the Battle of the Rock Lords movie, and. The, the this toy line is the result of the cartoon movie GoBots Battle of the Rock Lords and it was actually released in theaters. I don't know anyone who saw this thing. I think they were hoping for some sort of Transformers effect that happened with Transformers the movie, but it came out on March 21st, 1986. And you can probably see where this is going. It did not do too well. It led to the fact I'm a huge fan and just this had did not appear on my radar. The basic plot involves the GoBots being recruited by Solitaire who can transform into a rock and help her with the power struggle taking place between her kind. The GoBots leave Gobatron and head to Solitaire's world to fight Magmar, the ruthless rock lord, and all his minions. At the same time, the GoBots need to fight the renegades um, who decide to team up with the Magmar. You know, whatever. Basically, it's a 90-minute commercial to launch a new toy line. It ends up taking an only... (laughs) 1.3 1.3 million dollars domestically. Now they might have almost had some good foresight as they knew that Transformers the movie was being made and they made sure to release 5 months before as a way to get a jump on the market and maybe steal some of Transformers thunder. The problem was Transformers the movie had been 
it's actually if you haven't seen it it's actually pretty good and it's the animation's pretty amazing i've I've got the blu-ray of it and besides the soundtrack which horrifically dates it 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 like it holds up pretty well it's got some amazing sort of anime style to it it's quite awesome so that movie the transformers movie has been in production for two years and it's vastly superior in all these ways compared to this GoBots Rock Lords movie, which had just been rushed. It was like basically slapping together a bunch of uh, the the TV shows as opposed to making a real film. Um, and it, yeah, it's basically, it looks like a Saturday morning cartoon. Why? Well, Transformers looks like that high end anime. Um, the movie's got some interesting kind of stellar voice talents, including Margot Kidder, Telly Savalas, uh, Roddy McDowell's in it. But basically, uh, you know, the writing's on the wall for everything to do with the GoBots. So here's the moving into the future of everything. So the the line itself, the GoBot toy line, would last from 1983 to 1987, and then would ironically get taken over by the Transformers line when Hasbro bought out Tonka in 1991. But what's interesting is somehow Hasbro only bought the fictional side as the characters, names, bios, and storylines. They that, That's what they bought. They didn't actually own the toys. I don't know if that was just a miscite or whatever. Like they bought the intellectual property, but there was a clause that they, I don't know, they didn't own the toys. The actual toys and their likenesses were only licensed from Bandai in the 1980s. So Tonka didn't actually own them, which means when Hasbro took over, they couldn't actually use the toys they just bought. Hasbro can use the trademark, but not the molds to the action figures. Again, seems like a massive oversight. But again, it's this is like a failing toy line. But Hasbro, they would try to work around this just by slapping the GoBot name on the things like they did with um, the play school line called Transformers GoBots that was released in 2002. They just like gave it a shot to see what would happen. In the Transformers movie in 2007, they based some of their figures on old GoBots, including Crasher and Night Ranger. And before that, in 1985, they put out a line of Transformers called GoBots, like with a hyphen. They sort of changed it, which were max. I, I do remember these a little bit. They were matchbox size versions of real Transformers characters like Bumblebee, Megatron, Optimus Prime. Um, that that was as far as it went. They were just just seeing if this had any interest in it, but it really didn't. So I'll start winding it down here. The um the GoBots are a bit of a bit of an odd duck. They're kind of the um, redheaded stepchild of the transforming robot business. Uh, as you're probably aware now, they did what they did though was set the stage for the Transformers toys, the cartoon the future of most cartoons, how they would market themselves, how they would create history, backstory, character, individualization, um, personalities that all comes from the GoBots. And the problem is um, the success of the Transformers made GoBots look like the ripoff. Um, the other thing is the sort of side, you know, side notes. When is, the GoBots were a less expensive toy which was good, but it could seem cheap in comparison to the, like the premium price transformers. Um, they're, you know, they're smaller. They're not as intricate. They, it only takes a few moves. Um, I don't know. I remember like the build quality not being as good or what, you know, so it did come across as a tiny bit cheaper, but the whole thing 
it just comes down to timing. And I think GoBots just jumped the gun a little too um, soon by no fault of their own. You know, they were trying to run before they could walk, but you know, these other companies are the ones walking and slowly falling. But like, that's the thing the the trailblazers and the pioneers are always sometimes the ones who get left in the dust. They're the ones crawling over the barbed wire and doing all the heavy lifting. And then other people, sometimes that works. Um, and then sometimes other people ride your coattails through. I think Transformers and Hasbro actually developed the better backstory and the better character development. And ultimately, I mean, like, you know, the market will, will tell you what's going to happen. Um, if, if GoBots was maybe like with the original story and of Transformers and everything, they actually went to Marvel to develop all, all this and the history and everything like that. So a little more depth and creativity went into it. And, and if the GoBots could hold their own, I think they would have, but we ultimately, the Transformers ultimately captured the imagination of kids in the eighties. You know what I mean? So they just, um, they had more of that depth, more of that, I guess, texture to the stories and more like we bought into it and we identified with the character, whatever. They just did it more efficiently, probably in thanks because of Marvel. But ultimately, the Transformers couldn't have existed without the GoBots. But if it had gone, <laughs> you know, it'd be interesting to see if it had gone the other way. We'd be complaining about how Michael Bay destroyed the GoBots franchise and we had to suffer through watching Mark Wahlberg try to act for the whole thing. But that's a whole other story. Okay, let's finish it up there. That's it for me. Thanks for listening. Hope you like this show. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe. Wherever you get your podcasts, they should be there. If you really like it, hook me up with a rating and review. That'd be pretty sweet. And more people will get to see the show. If you, you know, feel free to share it with anyone you think might be interested in it. Okay, that's it for me. See you later. Bye. Miles per